If you've ever found yourself passionately curious, the time to soak knowledge and question the how and why, and think you might have the curiosity to push past average, push all the way to limitless, then welcome to Sales Network One. Sebastian Vivacqua is an expert on the human connection of sales in life and business, and he's here to evolve our thinking about the psychology of selling. You'll also hear from sales heroes, growth addicts, and rising stars on their strategies, methodologies, and techniques all tools you can use for your own limitless growth. It's the concepts, the fundamentals, even things you've heard before, but presented in a way that just makes sense. Now, let's get into it. Charlie, thanks so much for joining the show. How are you doing? Thank you. Great, great. In Spain, Valencia at the moment. Quarantine like most of us, but uh, all good. I imagine, I imagine. And really, really, really great to, to have you here. We're already having an awesome conversation behind scenes. Um, and to, to everyone, you know, uh, Charlie is co-founder and shareholder of All Continental. And his main focus right now is working as an independent consultant for 75%. So I want to really kick it off and, and leave the floor to you to do a short introduction and uh, tell us what you're up to at 75%. Perfect. Excellent. Well, um, for the last 10 years, I've been working mostly in the public sector, uh, working on large communication campaigns. And uh, the first company I founded in Brussels, Old Continent, was very much active and still active as, a, as an agency uh, to provide big advertising campaigns when we cover many countries in Europe. And um, for the last four years, I've been a consultant, an independent consultant. So I left uh, the agency to my business partner. And I've been focusing on training people, uh, consulting these same organizations. So I'm, I'm a consultant for the European Commission, the European Parliament, big uh, European agencies, and helping them avoid the mistakes I've done while creating campaigns myself. So that's the whole job of uh, the consultant and trainer, uh, make your client more efficient. And so I've been doing that for the last four years, traveling a lot outside of Europe. Um, lately, I was visiting like 14 countries in Africa and Asia for giving this sort of trainings. And that's the type of job I've been doing 75% and step-by-step -step creating processes and mental models for my clients to go faster into uh, taking decisions and uh, having ideas. Really love it. Really concise there on, on, on explaining it. And we're talking about uh, behind scenes about last, last Friday, you know, you had a really awesome workshop and I love to, to cover that uh, for, for, for the episode, you know, because it was, it was powerful, it was impactful. And I think you, you deliver a, a lot of value within those two hours on, on the exercise that you did with them. So I'd love to get into that uh, brainstorming exercise that you did with uh, in the workshop last Friday. Absolutely. Well, a little bit the history of these brainstorming techniques. In advertising, we use these sort of techniques all the time, how to have more ideas. And especially, that's the point a lot of people miss. It's not to have lots of ideas, but to have the confidence that one idea is going to go through. And in advertising, since you're asking your client to bet one, two, three, 10 million euros on one idea, you need to be sure that this idea is gonna perform. So you need a lot of mental processes. And some years ago, I've discovered that most other um, industries didn't have this sort of mental processes. Um, I've met like 50 or 60 entrepreneurs the first time where I taught that to people who were not on the advertising industry. And they all realized like, oh my God, there's lots of value there for me to go faster and take better decisions. And so last week on Friday, I had one of these uh, workshops with four uh, young entrepreneurs. They are like around 30 years old. It's their first venture. 
uh, even though they, they had experience before in their sector. And they needed to uh, find the right product market fit. They are selling a very innovative solution in, in a, like an alternative to plastics. And um, they need to convince plastic manufacturers to adopt this technology. They are extremely good on their processes, their patents, great IP. Um, one of them is a PhD in this field. But they, they were uh, still in the, in the like, uh, next phase of how do I convince new partners to adopt a, a very innovative solution. So we did a, a three hours brainstorming, uh, two hours and a half, where I broke down the whole process into three big steps, which is think like your customer. Basically, it's uh, called framing and advertising. So you have to put yourself in the shoes of your customer. Uh, that's a free form conversation. Then we went on to very um, intensive type of brainstorming where under pressure of time, they had like a, a various succession of timers, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes. They needed to come up with a number of challenges they are facing at the moment. So how can we uh, pinpoint the problems we have in our way of contacting clients or, or selling the solution, marketing it or, or whatever process they have. And in the third phase, classifying these challenges so that we know exactly which one are really uh, challenges that need to, to, to uh, tackle and, and really focus on, and which are the ones that are only in their mind, are a bit scary, but not really likely to happen. So things we can forget because that's not a priority. And so there's three steps, framing, then brainstorming, extracting ideas under pressure, and third, uh, classifying them really rationally makes, in the end, your brain confident and the whole company confident. And uh, they gave me actually very good feedback on the, on the process and their uh, transformation. I was more interested in the, the way their mind transformed after the session. And I was really, really happy to know that they kept working during the weekend by themselves just to push through with the methodology. So um, three hours, very intensive. And additionally, they did homework. So I was really happy. Uh, it helped, uh, in their case, reassure themselves and, and find the next step. And that was awesome. Yeah, it was impactful, of course, like you said, right? They, they continue working throughout the weekend on it. So you left them with a lot of exercises for them to, uh, to work on. That's, that's definitely something that you're, I was hearing it, right? So there's a lot of exercises that you can actually do on, on these brainstorming sessions that you did. And I'd love to break it a little bit up into sections because um, I think we can leave listeners with a lot of takes there for, for, to see if they're going to try and go out there and apply themselves. Even could be for for projects they are working with right now, because we, right now we're talking deep onto how to go on to product market fit. So that's um, an intensive exercise we can say because it's not easy to to do that one, and it, it ha you have to put a lot of well thoughts into that because then you once you've made a strategic plan and you have to release it, and and then once you've put all that investment, uh, when you when you put all the investments in time that you've done into it, it's ex it's an expensive exercise that you have to be sure that you are smart at doing. Um, and I like how you, you mentioned, so framing the conversation was something that you were mentioning and talking concretely with examples. So in your, in your case, you were mentioning that you, um, the team there, the startup uh, was coming up with up to four different challenges. And you have to rationally decide how, how you're gonna prioritize all this. And, and we're talking about uh, something that it's something that you like as well, an exercise that you like doing. How can you now break it down and, and know how to prioritize and where, where should you act? So I think that's, uh, that's another interesting uh, topic. Completely. Yeah, the, the framing part is already something very, very interesting. Um, a lot of people, when they, they share ideas with others, would tend to give recommendations or give opinions. So we should do that or we should do that. 
But actually, what happens when someone gives you a recommendation? If you're already you're having a lot of trust with that person, then you might hear it. Uh, that could be your parents, for instance, or very close friends. Uh, actually, your parents doesn't work very much for recommendations, but a very close friend. Um, but a, a better way of doing that is to focus on one story that happened to you and share it with the group. So that way, you're actually putting something in the middle of the of the room, let's say, which is not known by others, and detect whatever they want from that story. So that's a technique uh, used a lot in mastermind, for instance, where uh, instead of giving a recommendation, you share a personal story, and the other person benefits a lot from that. So, for instance, in our case, what we used is we said you met a client. Um, let's talk about a concrete example. What were his pains? What did he say to you? Where were you? Were you in that room? Where? Uh, what type of people did you uh, did you meet? Was that person uh, particularly uh, important in the company you felt, or uh, mostly someone who's following the orders of someone else? But the more details you add to that story, and if it's real, it's very easy to add. Um, the more the other people will catch and uh, get some insights in advertising. We love the word insights. Uh, up until the moment where, once you share each of you uh, in two minutes a great story you get a, a real frame of uh, thinking. Okay, we know that our customer evolved in that sort of a circle. So now we can think within that, that box, that circle, uh, a lot of different things. So we have framed the conversation, pains, hopes, business, what pressures do they have as a business? What sort of a, a self-representation they have? Do they have, are they proud of doing their business or not? For plastic manufacturers, for instance, it's not easy at the moment considering our generation to imagine that they are happy to come back home and say to their, friend, to, to their friends or family, like, I'm producing plastics, you know, that, that's also a big uh, component. And then once we did this uh, brainstorming, open conversation, let's say, this framing part, the second one was, I put a timer, four minutes, and you have to answer that question, which is, what are all the challenges we have as a company in order to provide great help to our customers? And I think it's already a strategy in itself in terms of marketing or sales, because if you uh, put yourself as the provider of help, there are much more uh, possibilities that you can pull a great relation from there rather than push uh, traditional advertising messages on that person and try to, to well, enter the door and, and, and be there. You, know? you want to pull the person. That's what are all the challenges we have in order to provide great help to our customers. A timer of four minutes, you don't stop up until you have at least five or six points. It's individual. And in their team, that meant four people doing that. They had around 30 challenges out of that first session. And we're talking four minutes. Right? That, that's nothing in terms of time invested. Um, and the third thing was, now we're going to classify them. Uh, the most likely challenges we have, so I don't know, they are a young company. The customer thinks they are too young, and so they can't uh, really provide the solution. They are going to explode while they're doing it, they don't have processes, we realize, well, not at all. In innovation, the younger you have, the more likely you, you, you have an impression on your client. So we can forget that. They are not going to say you're too young. They're going to say, wow, these guys are innovative. So that's a real uh, thing you can forget. But one of the challenges was um, we have an IP-protected patented process, but our clients do not believe that we have all this while we are so young. And so that was, wow, they're so innovative, I don't believe that they might be so innovative. And so they needed a third party to provide information on the patent itself um, without disclosing anything. But that was one of the challenges that they could solve and say, yeah, if we change that one, we are more uh, most likely to, to perform on the future.
And so they picked up in the end only three challenges out of 30 that they could solve and really make uh, great progress with. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, and, and that's not easy. That not an easy exercise. I think you, you've already given a, a nice exercise for people to go out there and, and try to do. And and this is this shouldn't apply uh, all just to to startups and businesses and or large companies. You know, people out there should try to use these models um, because it, it can also help you in, in your own journey of personal development. But now, going into the into the exercise of how you did it with the startup. Um, I think that's that's a way to, like you mentioned, extract maximum amount of challenges. And yeah. now you have top uh, the top three that you have to focus on. And two things that we we can uh, uh, I love uh, I love conversing about this before before um, our episode was about uh, break wall versus a scale and opportunity. That was one. And the other one that I love to to get into is uh, the effort versus return matrix that we we're talking about, right? So you, you you end up using that because people are probably wondering, okay, I got 30 challenges. How do I get to three, right? Is that, how, that's a super high exercise. So how can you actually, how did you do that with the, with the guys? So first visually, it makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to share with you a couple of uh, these visuals because then you understand really well how they're positioned. Um, should I share it now, you think? Or Let's do it, yeah. In the yeah, okay, great. So let me share my screen. And I think when people start to see that you can solve a lot of things visually, it makes a lot of sense. So for instance, uh, in their case, let's say they had these 30 challenges, okay? Um, I'm asking them to put that on that particular board. And that board says, which one is the most likely to happen, okay? The most likely to happen is one of our challenges. I don't know. We run out of cash, for instance. Yes, that's probably for a startup. It's really uh, likely to happen. So I'm going to put it on top. Uh, but as I said, our clients think we are too young and they don't want to receive youngsters. Well, actually, in reality, according to the stories we've shared, it's the least likely to happen because each time they've contacted clients, they said, like, we want to hear about you. So that was great. Uh, we could already put everything down the line. Do not consider that challenge, get rid of it, or address by order of priority if it was up the horizontal line, which means it is most, most likely to happen, so do something about it. So from there, once they get this uh, great priority prioritization, um, what I say is just like pick up the three uh, main ones because you could address the 10 challenges, but you usually don't have the capacity, and especially not four people in a, in a group, uh, to address everything, so focused on the on the top one. Um, and then what happens? You can find two ways of thinking. There are people who are extremely good at breaking walls, meaning there's an obstacle and they're gonna try to destroy the wall. And so their mind is extremely good to uh, prepare on how to overcome obstacles. And others are more onto, I want to use these opportunities not existing yet. I want to scale it. I want to think about all the things we can achieve with that. And so two questions which are very, very interesting for that is, first, you pick the challenge which is the most important, or if it's an opportunity, the, the most exciting opportunity, the one that really provokes a little bit of a, a tingling and you, are, you want to, to already do something. And then you put a simple question, which is, how can we solve this problem in two weeks rather than six months? Which means on this particular challenge, you will put a timer again of three or four minutes and come up with a maximum of number of solutions. But I can tell you that all these solutions are going to be extremely well uh, effective and operational for that because your brain is going to work that way. And if it's for scaling the opportunity, that's the same pro process, four minutes. How can we make this happen in two weeks rather than six months? 
you can move obviously the, the, the time frame. Two weeks rather than six months could become four weeks rather than 12 months or uh, one month rather than uh, two years, depending on the, the speed of your own processes and startup and commitment uh, or company, you can do that differently. For one person, same thing. Uh, one person, as you said, in self-development can do exactly the same exercise. The most important is always put a timer. So four minutes is a great timing because you're not scared of four minutes. Five minutes seems long, two minutes seems too few, four minutes is great. Um, and then you don't stop up until the time is over. So I always put it on my smartwatch, for instance, or a timer somewhere. So I see the time, I press my brain up until the end. And you can't have bad ideas because whatever you put on the paper, you're going to only pick up the two or three main interesting points. A big mistake that people do in brainstorming, they start talking if they are in a group and they end up at like five or six people with three ideas. Here, you ask each individual to do that, you get 20, 10 to 20 ideas per person. So you, you end up with 80 to 100 proposals in a group of five people. That's amazing. I mean, I've, I've always been so surprised by the volume of thinking uh, just with a good process. So break a wall, scale an opportunity, same exercise. It's just a little bit different in terms of variation. Uh, as I said, you break something or you get excited with something else. Amazing, amazing. And I, lo I love this uh, the slides here. So this is awesome for, for people to actually visually and paint the picture in that regards. So I think in that, in, in that sense, you've made it very concise of how they can go out there and apply it. Um, and then on the other hand, we, we were sharing too, right, in the in-between that you have um, the, the as, as we were mentioning, the, the, the previous part, it was the effort versus return. And yeah. typically, typically makes it easier when you can find those, um, all, the, all those challenges or all those things you want to work on that land on low effort, high return. And when you, as, as you do the exercise of effort versus return, you're probably going to land with very few that get uh, low effort versus high return. And you know that those are some uh, some of the key points where you get got to start, and like you mentioned, and then with with this exercise that you, you go like in four minutes, let's let's break wall versus scale an opportunity, and and you you do all this, I think you come out with with a lot of great stuff. And anyone right now listening, I think that they can go out there and and apply this immediately, and I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna bump into a lot of great things for themselves for their startup, for their ideas, for their projects. This is very useful for everyone, everyone. I mean, there's no, um, I mean, of course, the startups can get a, a ton of value when you're doing this product market fit exercise. Nevertheless, when you think about it, you can strip apart some, some parts of this exercise and apply it for your day-to-day -day life. So that, this is excellent. And I think that I'd love to, to, to finish up and wrap it up asking, um, what will be the, the, the tips? Uh, one tip, let's go out there to, to talk about uh, people in general that you like to say, like, this is how you should start your brainstorming, right? There's some ideas in there. And one for a startup we can focus on. So what, what would you say in that regard? Uh, at the personal level, I always feel it, it's very interesting because it happens to all of us, I think. Uh, you're inviting to a birthday party, okay? And so you have to bring some gifts. And what happens? Most often, we will uh, think about a lot of different options to that particular friend we need to bring something, and end up the day before or one hour before the birthday buying a crappy whatever souvenir you know in the shop and bring that to the party. 
because we basically get overwhelmed with the number of great ideas we have and we are not sure what to decide so we delay uh, the decision up until the last moment and everyone gets like this very bad gifts when they organize a party at home because everyone they invite have the same process now imagine you just put four minutes a timer one day okay like two or three weeks before the birthday and you force yourself to say what are the gifts that's going to be the most exciting for my uh, friend you will come up already with 10 or 15 ideas but now you have them on paper so you're not trying to count uh, in your head you're trying to count with the paper and you know how a big difference it's made, it makes in mental algebra uh, you're putting on paper you can count bigger numbers and so thanks to that you already have a list this list you can eventually classify it uh, with the same technique I've, I've, I've just explained uh, you don't need to do that for a birthday in general you will realize which one is the best gift but in five minutes you've solved what is normally an incertitude for uh, weeks or months that end up with very bad results. So at a personal level, take it as a very stupid first um, exercise for yourself. Next birthday party, try it. That, that's what I recommend to all my clients. Then the second thing uh, was for startups or other companies, right? How yes. they can apply that? Well, I'd say I do a brainstorming myself every single day. So that's my personal self-development strategy is I put a timer four minutes and I made a classification every two or three days. So the classification in a matrix is slightly longer to do. So I would only do it two or three times per week max. Uh, but I do a brainstorming every single day. For a company, I think every single decision, if you can, if I was to promise you, instead of spending two or three days taking that decision, you could take it in less than 30 minutes. If you're a good entrepreneur, you should definitely do every decision through the same process, which means always brain right, put things on paper and not talk about it. And secondly, if you have an important decision to make, uh, do the cost efficiency uh, classification of that. Whether it's for investment or the next project you're supposed to take or uh, how to invest the time of employees and people, what you want is the optimal thing. If you don't go for the optimal, you will always have lots of wastes in the process. So for a young company, it's all about adopting this philosophy very early on. For a large companies, usually to change a lot of bad habits, uh, especially in planning, um, and the way of working. We talk a lot about agile, but agile is basically the same spirit. Uh, try to go faster uh, on the most cost-efficient thing. And uh, I think every well for a startup, it's easier. I would say it's like before you get the bad habits, adopt the good ones. For a large company, well, hire uh, an expensive consultant to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I think I, I loved all the tips and throughout the whole episode, there's been a lot of exercises all the way through the end. Uh, so I want to I wanna finish it up right there uh, because you, you gave a lot of great takes in the end for, for everyone listening right now to start applying, start executing, start trying these exercises and they will surely get value out of it. There's no doubt that you finish this episode listening and you go out there and apply it yourselves whether a company or individual, and you're going to get value, instant value. And that's that's a, that's something that we can say right now. And I, want, I just want to share with people, for, for everyone listening, how can people get in contact with you? I will share details, of course, but uh, just uh, just quickly sharing. So where will be the one point to, to lead them? So LinkedIn is definitely the place where I share most of my information or work, and I try to release models for free quite often. And I already also published last week uh, a course on Udemy on brainstorming. It's more for people who want to learn the entire process behind and be able to facilitate this sort of trainings as well. 
so I'm going to share with you the slides we've seen today for immediate execution. But if you want to learn more about the entire process, it's a course of two hours and a half uh, on Udemy. And I'm going to send you probably a coupon as well for your community, uh, your listeners. But LinkedIn, first uh, point of contact for me. Perfect, perfect. Well, I, well it's been an amazing episode. And uh, thanks so much, Charlie, for, for, the, for, for this time. I loved it. Thank you for inviting me. That was great. <laughs> great. Until the next one, man. Cheers. This has been Sales Network One, covering the concepts, the fundamentals, things you've heard others ramble on about, but in an innovative, exciting way that just makes sense. Join Sebastian again on the next episode. Subscribe now so you're first to hear it. And if you really liked it, give us a five-star review or share this episode with a friend. Our website is salesnetworkone.com. Hasta la vista, baby.